0: Welcome to Quilting Business Success, the podcast where we interview quilters just like you who have turned their passion for quilting into a profitable long-arm quilting business. I'm your host, Andrew Weaver, and in each episode we'll bring you stories of quilters who have the same doubts and fears that every quilter has when they think about pursuing their quilting dreams. But these quilters moved forward anyway, despite their fears, and today you'll hear their stories. Okay, so we are just uh,
1: starting the uh, the podcast right now, and we're going to give just a couple of minutes to for people to uh, to come on and join us. Um, we have with us uh, Jen Saxena and uh, Debbie Giordano. Did I pronounce both of those names correctly? Okay. Yes. Excellent. Yes. Excellent. And uh, yeah, as we're just waiting for a few people to come on uh just want to let you know this this is a podcast that's geared toward uh people who are uh, either thinking about going into uh long-arm business or uh maybe already are and uh you know just want a little bit of uh guidance and uh, kind of to hear the voice from uh, some other people that are maybe have uh blazed a little bit of the path before them and uh so Uh, This whole thing is about uh, being able to be uh, inspired, encouraged, maybe instructed, and uh, maybe to avoid a few of the pitfalls that maybe you guys have seen uh, on your path before. So let me make sure that my sound is turned off on my cell phone in case my wife tries to call us during the middle of the podcast. There we go. All right. Well, um, as I said, we have a uh, Jen Saxena, uh, with us and we have Debbie Giordano and I guess we'll start, uh, if it's okay with uh, Jen, we can start with you and, um, sure. we're just gonna. I'm just going to go, uh, roughly a half an hour with uh, each one of you and just ask you a few questions and, uh, and kind of uh, see what, uh, what you can impart to the people that are watching. So Jen, uh, we'll start out with you. And uh, so where, uh, we'll start out with wh- where is home for you? Where, where are you located?
2: I'm in Katy, Texas, which is just outside of Houston.
1: Okay. Okay. Down in the the big old state of Texas. So mm-hmm. how long have you been uh, on this long arm journey?
2: Well, it started in 2012 um, when I started renting time on a gamble and um, kind of felt like it might be something that I want to do at some point. And then my kids were born and and I had started saving and then the opportunity came in 2015 to... To get my machine and start quilting so I've been quilting um since since then that's my only job
1: okay okay and and as we're going through this uh Debbie uh, you if you uh f- hear something that we're talking about and you uh want to put in your two cents worth uh you feel welcome to uh jump right in um so Jen um what what would you say was the impetus that made you start want to get into quilting in the first place
2: um quilting or long arm quilting
1: long arm quilting
2: okay yeah i think um you know i had i had quilted all of my own quilts on my domestic machine for a lot of years and then um in 2012 I I figured that that I needed to hire it out because I had some tops that just weren't going to get finished. And so there was a, there was a quilter in Melbourne, Australia, where I was living that just kind of invited me into her home and showed me her business and how she ran things. And we kind of just got to talking and she rented time on her machine or rented her machine to me. And Um, taught me some of the ropes. And that is kind of when I thought, you know, this might be something that could be good, because it's flexible. I just had my first child, I knew I was going to be having another one fairly soon after that. So, um, you know, I kind of had it in the back of my mind. And then that same year, I ended up coming to the Houston um, International Quilt Festival. And I got to go through the it was my first time at the quilt festival and I went around all the you know booths and tried all the machines and really felt like I I really wanted to do something this with is something Baltimore. that you can
1: do yeah
2: yeah and I really love the gamble so that's kind of what got it started
1: awesome so you say were you in Australia when
2: mm-hmm. okay. I was yes
1: okay so you you've got some international history there that's awesome. Well, um so when you first uh uh were looking at these long arms and you first de- decided to get one, uh, did you start out with a gamble? Yes. Okay. And when when you uh when you first started, did you do it uh specifically to go into business or was it just yes. Your personal? Yes.
2: Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's a big investment and, and I looked at the different options and just the ability with the statler to get up to, um, be able to start quilting day one and be able to, um, get jobs out was, it was really attractive, especially with the edge to edge. And then you know the computerized edge to edge specifically so I just went ahead and did the whole thing and got the statler from the start
1: okay awesome so and uh so when you were at the quilting shows and things like that uh you kind of uh, uh checked out uh and uh shopped around a little and you decided to go with the gamel huh
0: mm-hmm
1: okay and you started right off the bat with the uh, with the full on statler um uh, did was it the optimum the big or the big one it,
2: I think so I think so yeah. I think it's 3012
1: Yeah yeah so that would be the optimum yeah. do you still have the same one today or
2: Well um when um the ascend upgrade came out I was one of the first to sign up for that again at the Houston Quilt Show. So okay. I have the ascend now.
1: So you you've been staying just top of the line the whole way through. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. That's
1: awesome. So um before before you started, when you're getting ready to start uh doing long arm as a business, mm-hmm. did you know that there was enough uh business out there available? Um or did you look into that tell me a little bit about that
2: yeah I did so you know it's it, it's kind of hard to tell and know for fact and know for certain but what I did do is I went out and called the quilt shops um and just kind of asked what their turn time was and I was hearing everything from like six weeks to three months and then I talked to some other long. Law- longarm quilters in my area. Some of them were running Gammill, some of them were not, and they were very, you know, very open and kind and sharing information with me about their turn times. And so, you know, Houston, I feel like is pretty saturated and gotten even more so, but I kind of thought that based on turn time, that there was probably some opportunity. I just didn't, I kind it was kind of a leap of faith because I didn't know exactly where I would end up fitting in the market, but so I felt you, like there kinda, was enough.
1: So you were, uh, you kind of talked to some other long armors and mm-hmm. got a feel for what was going on. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. So you say you, you kind of had a feeling that the, uh, your area might've been, kind of saturated but on the other hand there was this uh wait time yes and so yeah. so you just went ahead and made the plunge huh yes okay and after you started um how did that go customer wise were you able to get a lot of customers right off the bat or what about not that not
2: really uh, not really i was i was starting from scratch what uh what happened though is that Somehow I got—I I don't remember exactly how it happened—but I got connected with this kind of rural quilt uh, quilt charity, and there was a group of like seven or eight ladies that all they did was make quilt tops. And so I started quilting for that charity, and that kind of helped me get to know my machine. And then I guess word started going around, and um, you know, I became a member of the Modern Guild in Houston and people started trying me out and it it grew pretty quickly by word of mouth
1: and have but you heard- I would say
2: the first 6 months the first to be honest the first 6 months were a little slow but I stayed busy and I used that as an opportunity to to learn
1: um so did you do uh advertising have you done advertising right at first and and do you still do that or tell us a little bit about that
2: yeah I think things have you know so this was 2015 and I think things have changed since 2015 um social media and internet is very different than it used to be I tried some Facebook ads and didn't have a lot of luck I went to some local craft shows and didn't have a lot of luck um but really it was the word of mouth and that was that's by far the most powerful marketing tool for me
1: yeah you know that's that's what I've heard from almost everyone we talk to it's always word of mouth word of mouth so that's that's a good thing um uh Talking about when you first uh, bought that that first Statler, um, uh, how did you how did you come up with the funds, or did you finance that? Um, what what was that like?
2: Yeah, so I started saving for it in 2012, and by 2015, I had had about uh, about three quarters of the funds in cash. And I thought it was going to take me a couple more years to get the rest of it. And, um, it, it actually turns out that, you know, my dad saw my, some of my work and really liked it and decided to gift me the statler. So that's how, nice. yeah,
1: Very nice. that's how
2: that came about.
1: So did you, uh, uh, have another job at the time, um, when you first started no no okay. we
2: had yeah we had just moved to the the states and my husband was working in Canada and I you know had two young two toddlers essentially so I was not working
1: okay okay and are uh are you pretty much doing uh long arming uh full-time these days
2: yes yes So for a while I was, you know, full time, um, 40 plus hours a week. Uh, but I've recently scaled back a little bit in the past couple of years. And it's, it's actually, since I got the stat, I mean, since I got the Ascend, I was able to do more in less time. And instead of growing my volume, I just kind of let myself have that extra time. So I've kept my volume pretty, pretty steady pretty flat for the past few years but I have more time now and I'm in a happy sweet spot because of it
1: so it's sounds like it's given you a bit more freedom to you know you could choose to either grow your business or uh, live more life Um, Mm -hmm. uh, these days about uh, how many hours uh, a week would you say you put into uh, quilting long arming?
2: I would say about 30 yeah about 30.
1: Oh good
0: Mm -hmm.
1: well um so uh do you do uh only edge to edge or do do you do any custom?
2: I do some custom um it's not a skill that I'm I have highly developed um so I'm kind of picky about the jobs that I do because I want to make sure that I do a really good job um, if it's something that I don't feel like I can do a good job on I'll I'll refer it out but I I do uh, primarily edge to edge and and some custom
1: and that custom is considerably or would you say it's considerably more time consuming
2: it is, but it's also can be really rewarding. It can be very rewarding, so it's kind of worth it, it as long as I don't overcommit.
1: Gotcha. Well, and that leads to uh, how do you, uh, how are your rates uh, that you charge uh, structured? Do you do you like charge a minimum, or mm-hmm. loading fee, uh, extras? Yeah. How, how does that work?
2: Yeah. So, um, my minimum is kind of low. I do a $40 minimum quilting charge and, you know, I get a lot of table runners and throw pillows and things like that. And it just, it works for me. Um, otherwise I charge for edge to edge by the square inch. And, um, I believe it was in 2022 20, that I I raised my prices. So I started out at two cents a square inch and now I'm at two and a half cents a square inch.
1: Okay. So if you were to make a uh, an average queen size quilt, uh, what would you say the average uh, cost would be for one of those?
2: Uh, quilting fee would probably be about 200 and then there would be a batting charge on top of that, most likely.
1: Okay. And in your business, do you... um? Uh, do you sell um uh, extra things like um you know batting um fabrics or and things like that?
2: Yeah, you know, throughout the years, I've tried selling different things just to see what you know what what might work with my client base, and really it's the batting, they love the batting. Um, and I really don't sell much else because it's just kind of more work than it's worth for me so i just sell batting and i try to keep it priced um at a place where it's really convenient for them to use use my batting (laughs) gotcha yeah
1: so um how say your your worst year which maybe was your first Mm -hmm. year from hearing what you're saying Um, yeah how many quilts or how much revenue would you say you made when you first started out maybe that first year
2: so my first year I ended up doing about a hundred paid jobs
1: 100 paid jobs yeah
2: and then then more probably another 50 for charity
1: okay and what about your what about your best year
2: um Let me do some, uh, I should have been ready for this question. Well, I I don't mean to put you
1: on the spot, but, uh, you know, just the the people that are watching, you know, want to kind of see,
2: um, kind of revenue. Yeah. So about, I would say between like, probably about 275 was my best year. and, And that's a bit where I hold.
1: 275.
2: Yeah, 275. But again, you know, I'm not working full time. And I know that I could, you know, there, there's a lot of potential there. Let me just put it that way. There's a lot of potential there.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So um, for the people that are watching, what what would you say, if you had to think of the hardest part of, of growing your business what what would you say was the uh, the hardest part of of that
2: an example is a year ago i went to an online google form so manage like managing the queue you know all of that started taking up a whole lot of extra time once i hit a certain kind of volume so by going to the google form I was able to, it it creates the queue automatically. All the information is there and I schedule, you know, I can schedule out a couple of months and um, it really helps facilitate communication between the client and myself. So that's one example, but I've had to do that in other areas. I think other things that, you know, often don't get talked about a lot are, are costs of overhead. And, you know, you might, I was buying batting a certain way for several years and then freight costs go up and you kind of have to reevaluate your vendors. And, um, so those are the sorts of things that I, I found a little bit challenging because I just want to quilt, but, you know, those things exist as well.
1: So what you're Uh talking about is mostly, uh, the, the processes and the way uh, you organize and uh, run the business. So,
2: yeah. And, and-, and I will say, you know, one of the reasons I went with Gamble is because it's a reliable machine. And so that has been a steady constant for me all eight years. So as I was going through other challenges with the business, trying to figure out what, what do I need to change? What do I need to do differently? I just, I didn't have to worry about the machine at all, which was really nice.
1: So when you, um, who's been your biggest cheerleader throughout all this?
2: I I have this one client that just cheers me on and tells me I need to raise my prices and before I do and she's extremely supportive and um I often run ideas by her she's extremely smart very very smart um and so she's kind of she may not know it but she's kind of my <laughs> my personal cheerleader I'd say yeah she encourages me a lot well,
1: that's awesome um so as, as you've uh you're like pretty much full on in this uh, this lifestyle now. what what would you what kind of impact has um, you know the quilting money and uh, control of your personal schedule what What kind of impact has that had in your life? And what would you huge. say to the people watching?
2: yeah it it it's huge. I mean, one of the things that was so appealing about a quilting business is that I can quilt any time of day. And, you know, you, you hope that your kids are born and, and, and everything is normal, but that's not always the case. And so, you know, early on, I had lots of doctor's appointments, lots of therapy appointments, and I was able to quilt around all of that. Um, And then as they got older and got into school, I was able to be a part of their, like, PTOs and, um, volunteer in their school and be present. Oh, sorry about that. Um, be present for them. And so the flexibility has been huge and then the money, you know, the extra money is always nice to have.
1: If, uh, what would be, what is, uh, one thing that you, you wish somebody would have, told you when you first started out on this?
2: It's a good question. Um, you can you
1: think of any pitfalls maybe that you've had or that you could help somebody yeah. else? Avoid.
2: Um, it would have been good to hear this from somebody. Do you and find your way. There is a place for you. And there is a place for wherever it is that you find your passion in quilting.
1: So and it may take a while.
2: It may take a while to figure that out. It may take a it may take a little while to figure that out, and that's okay. But keep searching, keep looking for your place because that's what's going to make you different um, in in the world of long arm quilters.
1: And how do you, how do you think they they can find their place? Where do they go to look for that?
2: Everywhere. Just, just explore. Try everything. Quilt as much as you can. Um, make note of what you like, what you enjoy, what gets you excited, what you're good at. Um and just keep exploring, keep looking, keep taking classes, keep meeting people. I often find a lot of inspiration in other people.
1: So, um, so it sounds like this is something that you've really, uh, it, it's not been just a, a business for you, but it sounds like something that you've enjoyed doing and you're able to just take pleasure in, in doing this and um so d- do you think that uh the people that are, are watching um do you think that uh in in this day and age in 2023 is uh is it still possible for somebody to actually do something like this and get into long arm quilting and uh, build a life for themselves with this
2: I mean, I I think so, you know, as long as there's quilters, we're going to need long arm quilters. And um, some of the industry reports that I've seen in the past year say that the industry continue is continuing to grow. Um, So, yeah, I would say so.
1: Well, Jen, yeah,
2: there's some questions here, Bobby, do you want me to kind of read and uh answer those do you see those questions
1: yes i do thank you for reminding me of that okay i don't have andrew here to to uh go along with these things okay um so we've got a question from sarah uh what does the ascend upgrade do for you say with an optimum
2: yeah so it just means that i can run my machine faster. So I was running it about at about a 12 prior to the Ascend. And now I run it at a 16, 17, depending on the pattern.
1: So you, you notice a significant difference in uh, the amount of work that you can get done with the Ascend. Yes. And I will tell you uh, working in uh, tech support. um, I just know that uh, the Ascend has, um, you know it's got uh, beefier uh, motors that can move the machine and you can uh, move at a lot faster speed and while still uh maintaining the the accuracy mm-hmm. in in the stitching yeah so yeah, so does she mean two hundred and seventy five thousand
2: no <laughs> two hundred and seventy five quilts and and I'm a mom too so um you know the it it is definitely opportunity for more but that's probably my max year.
1: And this um, this Google form that you're talking about, where, where do you find that? I made it. Okay. And I'm
2: happy to share that. If anybody wants to reach out to me, I'm happy to send it to you so you can look at it.
1: Okay. And uh, what software do you use to manage uh, your customers? Douglas is asking. Production vendors? Yeah.
2: Yeah, so um, I have used QuickBooks desktop to manage my customers and invoicing. And then at this time, I've really simplified my vendors down to two. I used to have more, but it I just have simplified it to two. So I just work with them directly.
1: Okay. And Douglas also said, you talked about scaling your processes. What things have you automated?
2: Um, off the top of my head, the, um, the, I just mentioned it I'm drawing a blank. Oh, the, the Google form. The other thing is when I went to QuickBooks that brought in all of my data, all of my, all of my banking and financial data, I was using another quilters program before that. And, uh, it it was more labor intensive, so to speak, and didn't have as much, um, reporting capability. So I did that. I don't know. That's all I can think of for right now. I still manually count inventory once a year, thread inventory. And I I'm down to ordering like once a year, which has helped because I was ordering three or four times a year. So. Excellent. Yeah.
1: Well, Jen, uh, thank you so much for sharing all that. I, I know that, uh, everything that you have shared, uh, I know has inspired, uh, a lot of people and, uh, just thank you so much for uh, opening up and sharing that. And we're going to, uh, if you can hang out with us, uh, while, uh, Debbie's, while we're talking to Debbie, we're going to move on to Debbie Giordano, but, um, Jen, uh, feel free to, if you think of something you want to add into the conversation, you, uh, you have that liberty. So now we're going to go to Debbie. Debbie, thank you for joining us, Debbie Giordano. We're uh, really glad to have you here. And uh, yeah, we'll just we're just going to start out with some of the same uh, type of questions with you. Um, where where are you located? Where's Where's home for you?
3: I'm located in Northeast PA, over by um, Bloomsburg, near the Poconos.
1: Okay. And uh, are you? Is that a, a a rural area, or or is it more?
3: It's it pretty it's rural? pretty it's pretty rural. I'm from New Jersey, so Pennsylvania is definitely anything's more.
1: Rural. Rural, anything's rural <laughs> compared to New Jersey. <laughs> well, how long have you been doing long arm quilting?
3: I got my um, Gamel Statler in 2019, so four years
1: okay and um how did you decide to get into what what made you decide to get into this
3: well i've been quilting since 1988 and um part of you know the quilting process is quilting the quilt and i just um i was doing it on my domestic um i didn't like how it came out i didn't like the tucks i always seemed to get and everything And then one day my husband came up while I was struggling with the quilt and he's like, Oh, we need to find a better way. So that's how that started.
1: So, and did you, uh, did you get your long arm specifically, uh, for business or just to finance your fabric obsession or.
3: (laughs) A, A little bit of both, but, um, mostly poor business
1: okay and uh, uh did you you started out with a Gamel?
3: i started out with the statler gamble yes
1: and uh that how did you make one. how did you come to that decision
3: well um we were on vacation um and on the way back home there was a aqs quilt show and i said to my husband and the other couple that was with us let's stop by and um i went to every single brand of long arm there and said i know nothing about long arm and tell me why i should buy yours and by the end of it um i was pretty convinced um about the gamble because of, of um it's a industrial it's it's hard working there's nothing like you could fix it yourself you don't have to wait too long for you know service or whatever, so that's why we went with the Gamel.
1: And you say you started out right away also with the Statler.
3: Yes, I told my husband, I want a computer or nothing. <laughs> so.
1: <laughs> so you didn't give him any kind of choice there. It's okay. <laughs> well,
3: well, it's funny because he's always wanted a Harley like for years. So he finally got his Harley a couple years, yeah, several years ago, and he's like, "Well, this is your Harley to you, and you know, how could I deprive you of your Harley?" And I said, "Well, yeah, I could even use it in the rain, in the snow, in the winter."
1: <laughs> well, you know, and that's not the first time that I've heard that, that exact same comparison talking to the husband you've got a Harley. I'm going to get a Statler. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so do you still have the same uh, Statler that you started with today?
3: I do. I do.
1: Still going strong.
3: It is still going strong. Um, originally I, it had a couple hiccups, but you guys were able to figure it out and replace something. And I've had no trouble since then.
1: And it should, uh, it should last many more years also i will tell you um so let's move on uh you're now in the business you were already for a, a lot of years doing uh just uh quilting on a on a, a sewing machine um did you already know that uh, there was an there would be enough long arm business available in your town to support a a long arm quilter or another were there other long arm quilters
2: or
3: yeah I wasn't sure um I um after I bought the Gamel, I realized that my two local um quilt stores have gammels and offer that service there is several long arm in um independents around my area that have um had their own business and everything so to try to break into that and gain um trust from these customers was a little hard for me in the beginning
1: and um so did you did you start out uh, doing a lot of uh advertising or what was the process there just word of mouth
3: um, pretty much word of mouth. I belong to six local quote guilds. I go every month. I show my work. Um, uh, I um, have um, Instagram. I do have Facebook, but um, pretty much it's word of mouth. One of the local ind- um, independent Long Armors, she has been one of my other big cheerleaders because she's starting to um, get out of the business. Not totally out, but she's been handing out my card, saying, you know, she's a good quilter. I've seen her work and everything. So that's been helping lately.
1: So um, how do you, do you do do advertising these days or is it still, you still pretty much-
3: yeah just, just yeah word of mouth quilt quilt i um quilt meanings are pretty much
1: the and, biggest uh,
3: advertisement
1: so uh from the time you it, you say 2019 was when you first got it yes and um oh i wanted to ask you by the way um so w- what about the uh financing for uh, when you first bought that machine uh did you like have it on hand or did you have to save up or how did what was the deal with we,
3: that? We we took a home equity loan, so okay. I'm, that's how we did okay. it.
1: And uh, so that okay. Now, as as far as the uh, the customer uh, thing, have you uh, the long arm customers have has that uh, grown from the time when you first started?
0: It
3: it definitely has, Um, since I got in in 2019, later in the year, then COVID hit, I couldn't go to any quilt guilds or anything. So for like probably a year and a half, I um, didn't have any customers, but um, I did quilt for Quilts of Valor. I've done like um, 200 Quilts of Valor so far. And that has helped me to hone my skills to and learn my statler,
1: okay so uh, did have you had uh, any other job during this? I know you were quilting you know before um yes,
3: I had a um part time job Monday through Friday, and then I worked um in a restaurant um other days at night and everything.
1: And are you and now are you um are you just doing the quilting? No,
3: I actually am still in the restaurant, but my okay. other Monday through Friday job, I was able to say goodbye, <laughs> you know, thank you very much, but um and I mean, I've been quilting, I um about 20 hours a week. give or take.
1: Okay. Um, and do you, uh, do you do only edge to edge or do you do custom also, or?
3: I do edge to edge and custom. Um, I did just do a custom for a quilt guild for their, um, uh, scholarship quilt. And, um, I did a pro bono and, um, everybody, you know, really liked it. So.
1: What kind of ratio would you say like edge to edge and in, in, uh, custom?
3: Oh, probably 99% edge to edge.
1: Gotcha. You can get a lot more done with that edge to edge, can't you? Oh, yeah. So, uh, and uh, I know we, we talked to Jen about her rates. Uh, how, how, did, how are your rates uh, structured and uh, what kind of uh, charging you go by the inch or tell us a little bit about how you do that?
3: I do have a minimum of $50 and then I go, um, two cents per square inch. My husband, he's like, Oh, if you're starting off, you know, go lower low boat, uh, low low ball, the other quilters. And I'm like, Nope, I know what my worth is. I know I could do this. I am as good as the other people. I am staying at two cents.
1: So, how much is an average size queen quilt, would you say? Um,
3: If it's like 80 by 90, it's 144.
1: Okay, okay. Um, Let's see. I'm trying to stay on top of checking my questions this time. All right. Um, I have... Cindy is asking what, um, what vendors do you use and uh, types of uh, thread that work best for you.
3: Um, I use checker. I do Linda's electric quilts. Um, so far, those are, oh, and threads run through it. Those are the three that I um, have used Um, the thread that I like to use is Omni and glide
1: okay and um uh about how many quilts do you do a year would you say
3: well um this year has been my biggest year and i i'm up to like 200 quilts so far and i've done like 563 quilts in the past four years
1: okay awesome so uh this uh what'd you say 200
3: 200 so far this year
1: and uh, how does that compare to your first year
3: oh uh, well like i said with covid and everything um it, oh, it really is, yeah nothing
1: <laughs> so you got the machine in 2019 and it was right yeah okay i got you so um and in your business do you uh do you sell supplies uh batting and uh do you offer? services like binding uh piecing or what about that
3: i do have um batting and i do offer um piecing services binding i have made quilts from scratch i offer that too so i don't have any white backs um yet i'm thinking of bringing that in
1: okay so uh and growing your business, and I know you're still in the process of that, uh, can you think of what uh, was possibly the hardest, is the hardest aspect of that, growing the business?
3: Um, Just being able to be trusted by the locals. And, you know, they, they're long-armers. They, they've been with them for years, and they don't, it, they feel like they have to stay with them, even though my turnaround time is, a couple of days compared to their three to six months.
1: So it's you find uh, it a little difficult to uh, to break into the already existing uh, ones there. Yes. Okay. Um, have you have you been able to get any more inroads into that, or um, so any success? And and if so um how have you and what have you done for that
3: well that um local um long armor like i said she has been my biggest cheerleader she gives out cards she she has sent customers to me so that i tell i say that's the biggest
1: sounds like she's uh she's kind of been a maybe a mentor uh in this part or or just um
3: a friend yeah I wouldn't say a mentor but um I even have like the um local quilt shops they don't do custom so they've been trying to send custom people to me custom quilts to me so to get that endorsement from other long armors they feel better
1: gotcha so um so this year uh you've done 200 quilts and so yeah it sounds like you've uh you're putting more time into it uh now than you have been in the past um do you feel like uh you're getting more control over your your personal schedule um with being able to do this type of thing?
3: Absolutely. Um, Since I don't work Monday through Friday anymore, it's opened up a whole different, you know, schedule for me. Um, So after COVID happened or during COVID, I had to move to Philadelphia for my daughter-in-law. And that um, even backed up my time to, quilt to learn how to quilt and to use the statler
1: okay so for all the people that are watching um can you think of uh, what what is something that when you when you first started out that you wish someone would have told you at that time
3: just know your value you know, don't downside, don't, uh, you know, downplay your value. You are worth what you ask for. The only thing is, you know, you do have to practice and, and and watch YouTube videos and, and take classes and, and research, but definitely know your worth.
1: And, uh, and for both, and both of you have the, uh, have worked on the creative studio software um have you um have you gotten uh, educational resources or uh, how have you been able to learn that is it just self-taught or you know
3: it, it's a lot of self-taught watching videos i did go to um quilting with confidence in 2019 um and just hook you know hooking up with other quilters and asking questions and even if it's a different brand you could still learn you know
1: and jen jen what about you i don't know if i really talked to you much about the um uh learning the the software and some of the educational um how tell us a little bit about that with you
2: yeah i i mostly self taught as well um i got my manual there. So when I bought my machine, there was a manual and I read that before it even arrived. And then I used that paper manual to pretty much help with everything. Um, but also YouTube videos. And I've taken a couple of classes on the, um, you know, the on-demand classes on the Gimble website.
1: Yes. Yes. and,
2: And talk to people, but I'm kind of a, I don't know. I, I, I really like Creative Studio. So, I just kind of go in there and play on my laptop and that has really been fun. Yeah,
1: and I uh, I find in uh talking to people in tech support that different people learn uh different ways and the uh I think it it is a huge uh I think it is of huge importance for uh, people especially if they're first starting out to to take the time and effort and energy to, uh, to learn uh, how to operate that, uh, that software and, uh, whether you're a, uh, uh, teach yourself person or whether you are, uh, somebody who learns better with videos. I know, uh, on gamble.com, there are resources where you can, uh, you can actually purchase online video courses, uh, A lot of it comes from the quilting with confidence, and uh, I know when you, uh, these days, when you purchase a a, a new uh, Statler or get a a Statler uh, retrofit or something like that, you get uh, the free uh, uh, new owner training, which is a a slew of videos, and I I think, I'm I'm hoping very soon, I think those are going to come up for uh, purchase also. It uh, looks like uh, maybe a couple of other questions on here. Let me see if anybody else is. Cindy. Um, oh, Cindy is asking how do you price your batting by the running foot? You, and both of you can answer I that. I do
2: it by you. the yard.
1: Okay.
2: I do it by the inch.
1: Okay. Um, do you charge more for custom and how do you d- determine what to charge on custom? You can both answer that. Jen? <laughs> what about a Jen? Do I, you have-
2: um, yeah, I, so I've, I've kind of done it different ways. I really, I, I think that the per square inch is neater and it's nicer, but it's not the fairest for either of us, uh, myself or the client. Sometimes it can just be really off. So I, a, a, few, a couple of years in, I started charging by the hour And I'm, I charge $35 an hour and I generally include a little bit of design time in, in that. Um, but if the design time starts getting, you know, more than an an hour, an hour and a half, then I start charging. That's when I start the clock. And then when I'm working on the custom quilt, I just like clock in clock out and I make note of the time that I'm working on it.
1: Uh, do you have anything to add Debbie to that part?
3: My custom quilting starts at like $0.05 per square inch. And then um, if it gets to be a lot of hours or something, I'll I'll talk with the customer and we'll come up with some kind of agreement.
1: Okay. Um, And I have one question about, uh, Douglas is asking with uh, doing 200 quilts this year, uh, what software does Jen use? To manage her business, I mean, what? Yeah, let's see. Well, I don't know if he was talking about Jen. Debbie, you did the two hundred, right?
3: Yes. Yeah, okay. I use QuickBooks.
2: Well,
1: QuickBooks. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you very much for that. Um. All right. Well, guys, the, uh, this has been very, uh, very. I know, very inspiring and encouraging to those who are are listening. Um, do, uh, is there anything else that you have felt that you wanted to share before we go, um, that you didn't get a chance to, or do you think you're good? And I'm
2: good. Thank you for it's having tricky. me.
1: Okay. Well, ladies, we, we definitely, uh, appreciate you joining us. Um, once again, uh, it's, uh, Jen Saxena and, uh, Debbie Giordano, and uh, you can uh, definitely uh, look them up and if you, if you have any further uh, questions for them. And uh, we just really appreciate you being with us. And uh, for the people that are watching right now, we look forward to seeing you uh, next week on this uh, podcast and we will go from there. Thank you very much, ladies. And everyone have a great evening. Thank you.
0: Okay. Thanks thank you thank you for joining us today on quilting business success we hope you've been inspired by these stories of quilters just like you who have turned their dreams into reality if you enjoyed today's show don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes one of the best things you can do to support us is to write a glowing review on apple podcasts spotify or whatever platform you're using to listen to the show Those reviews help bring us up in the algorithm so that more quilters are exposed to our show. What would you like to change in your life and what steps can you take today to bring you closer to the life that you want?